Please do turn with me to the letter of Paul to the Colossians. I'd like to read verses 12 and 13 of chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. Our subject this morning as you turn to these verses is delivered from darkness, delivered, rescued, saved from darkness. And the Apostle Paul says in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Well, we shall continue this morning looking at this letter. Paul is in Ephesus. He writes this letter. Having visited Ephesus, rather, he's in Rome, he's in prison, and he gives his prayer, a prayer so full of meaning. There's not one request for himself. The prayer is all for the people. This, as we thought last week, is a charter. It's a manifesto. His desire that the people will be blessed by God, the only one that can truly bless us. And this long flowing sentence, it started in verse 9, goes down to verse 20, 218 words, and we come here to verse 12. Giving thanks, thanksgiving. This is the secret strategy of every Christian. If there's somebody here this morning, you're downhearted. Your heart is torn. You have troubles in your life, and we have many troubles. I know something of many of you this morning. I don't know all, but I do know the troubles that weigh you down. I know something of what's happened in some of your lives. And the Lord says to every Christian, every child of God, give thanks. Do you know what happens if you don't? Let me tell you what happens. Every Christian will start to slide, slide backwards. We call it backsliding. There will be a slow or maybe a rapid spiritual decline. Instead of having the joy of the Lord, instead of having peace within your heart and in your life, there will be a slip and a slip and a slide. And that can happen very quickly. When we stop giving thanks to God for all that he has done for the many, many things, there will be one specific thing in this verse, but what happens is we start to depend less on the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm not thankful, then I won't need Christ. I won't need his forgiveness. I won't need his help. I won't need his blessing. I won't need his word. And instead of thanksgiving, 
pride starts to come into my heart. I don't need God, I'm enough. I'm sufficient. I don't need his word. I don't need his help. I can get through life on my own. That's what people say today. Look at me. I'm a strong man. I'm a strong woman. Look at all that I've done. No, no, no. Everything in your life that's good is because God has given it. God has protected you. God has preserved you. God has given you life. He's given you a soul. He's given you a conscience. He's given you his word. Don't ever think, I'm the strong one. And so Paul says, give thanks to God. Let me tell you the final thing that can happen. If we don't, if we slide back, we depend less on him, we become proud, we become discontent with life. And the final thing that happens is bitterness. The root of bitterness. It's like a cancer getting in to your life. And soon it will take all your joy and you'll start to focus only upon the bad things. Yes, the evil things that do happen in life and in the world and you'll lose your joy. And sooner or later, God will take the blessing away. There won't be that smile and that joy and that peace that acknowledgement that everything that's good comes from our Father in heaven. Oh, what a tragedy that would be. Is there any Christian here this morning? Maybe some of those steps of sliding have started. There is a discontent. There's something occupying your mind and heart, even this morning, as I speak, and Satan would snatch from you your joy and your peace. And so, he says, the Apostle Paul, give thanks unto the Father. Well, I want to think of five brief questions this morning. Very simple. What should I be thankful for? What should I, as a Christian, be thankful? Remember, only Christians can pray. If you're not a child of God, God won't hear you. The only prayer he hears is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Our Father comes from a child who can call him Father. So five questions, and the answers are all here. Give thanks unto the Father. What should I be thankful most of all from? And the answer is this, salvation. The most important issue in life is not whether you have food, clothing, a home, or anything else. It's this. Have my sins been forgiven? Am I walking in the light? Do I know my God in heaven? Have I been reconciled to him through the work of Christ Jesus? Giving thanks unto the Father. Verse 13, here's the answer. What for? Because he has delivered me 
delivered us. Every Christian can say, I was trapped. I was in the kingdom of darkness. And Christ has delivered me. Delivered. But I can't do that on my own. We have friends here this morning. They had to leave one country and go to another. They had to fill in terribly long forms. And they had to give their qualifications. Can I enter this country, that country? Many of you have done it. Some of you were not born in this country. And you had to say, am I qualified? Do you know what the verse says here? It says we're not qualified for heaven. We were not qualified to go to heaven. That's what this old-fashioned term means. Which hath made us meet. I was unqualified. God made me qualified. If you want to go to university to become a doctor, what do you need nowadays? Three A stars. We have a young lady. She's not here this morning. She's in another country. She didn't get the qualifications to go and study medicine in this country. So she had to go to a country in Eastern Europe because their qualifications were lower. I'm certain she'll be a very good doctor. But you know, to go to heaven, the qualification is perfection. Nothing less. This is what Paul says. Paul says you should give thanks unto the Father, the Lord God in heaven, because he's made us qualified. I'm not qualified. In fact, the opposite. If I go to the entry gate of heaven as I am as a sinner, the answer is you can't go in. Unqualified. Step apart. Move away. But we can give thanks because God has delivered us. He's made us qualified. And we'll explain why. Qualified so that we can become partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. What does that mean? Here's me, unqualified. I can't go to heaven. I can't come before God. I can't pray to him. I can't live with him forever. And he takes me and qualifies me for an inheritance. That's heaven. A piece of land, literally. Do you remember Joshua with the children of Israel? He led them across and they come to the promised land. And each of the tribes was given a piece of land. That's what it means. Not the promised land on earth, but the promised land on heaven. I can share in my lot, in my piece of land, eternal real estate in heaven. What will, be it, what will it be like? It will be a place of glorious light. Verse 12. 
where every Christian, every saint, the saints are not people who've died, that we make saints. They're everybody that Christ has died for, who've been given a new name, child of God, saved, delivered, rescued, and made qualified to be those that go to heaven with every other Christian in light. That's the first question this morning. What should I give thanks for? Deliverance, salvation, being rescued. Well, the second question, what from? Do I need to be saved and delivered? This life is a good life, people say. You can do this and do that. You can travel. You can eat and you can drink and you can be merry. Do I need to be delivered? Well, the answer is in verse 13. I've been delivered from darkness. And this darkness... Let me tell you three things about it. It's a powerful darkness. We talk about a thick gloom, a darkness that you can almost cut it. No stars, no light, no sun. That's what the Bible explains this world as, a powerful darkness, a darkness where we can't see our way. A darkness where there is a ruler. And a darkness where that ruler is Satan. And he wants to keep us in thick darkness. We read in John chapter 1, don't we? The Lord Jesus Christ came from heaven to qualify us to go to heaven. And he said he came to his own, but they love the darkness more than the light. Is there anybody here this morning? You love this world? You love Satan's lies? You love the rulers of the darkness of this world more than the light? The light which is Christ. Christ who says he's the truth and the light and the way. Would you love this world more than Jesus Christ who has come to deliver us from the power of darkness. Do you know there is a trend in America? This is a slight diversion. And in the churches there, one particular well-known pastor, he teaches this. He says, the purpose of the church is to Christianize society, to make society just like the church. So what we need to do is to be more like the world. We need to copy the world. We need to have its music. We need to have its tastes. We will redeem society and culture. That's not what this verse teaches. It says there's two kingdoms. A kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. It says the church's job is not to become like the world. It says that Christ alone can take one by one by one dead sinners ruled by Satan 
out of this dark kingdom and translated into the kingdom of his own dear son. That's the gospel. That's what the Bible teaches. It says don't syncretize and make the world and the church one. You are to be different, set apart. Darkness, light. We're calling people out. None of us can do it. This is the work of God through Christ who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Do you know it's irrational to ignore the gospel? It's foolish to sit in darkness when Christ calls us to live in his marvelous light. So that's the second question. The first, we should be thankful because he's delivered every Christian from darkness. Secondly, what from? Abject, utter darkness that's powerful. The third question, what to? What to? Oh, to the kingdom of his own dear son, a kingdom which is completely different to this world. This world is ruled by presidents and dictators. This world is ruled by Satan, who's pulling his puppet strings, telling them what to do, telling them when to send their missiles here, there, and everywhere. This world wants to tell us the lies of pornography, promising us a pleasure that will never be. Is anybody here caught in the darkness, the web of lies that Satan tells, like a spider's web catching its prey? That's the darkness of this world. And Christ says through Paul, praise God, every true child of God is taken from darkness into light. Look at the word here, translated. You might think that's a strange word. Taken from one country and planted into another country. Transplanted. You take a seedling and you put it into a different place. That's what it literally means. Lifted up, put down, and with roots put down in a different place. One kingdom to another. Darkness to light. Not one kingdom, two kingdoms. Another kingdom. He has translated us. Oh, there's another expression here. Of his dear son. Do you know the word there? Dear son, it means much beloved, his only begotten Son. This is the kingdom of the Son of Heaven, who heaven loved and yet was willing to be sent. He's translated us from this world into the kingdom of his much-loved Son. The one who says, come unto me, all who are weary 
and a heavy laden, I will give you rest for your souls. The one who says that his love will never let us go. Just as heaven loved him, so he loved his people. And we are put into his kingdom. And when you're in that kingdom, you will never be let go. It's the kingdom of his own dear son. A fourth question. Who by? Who does that? What do we give thanks for? Salvation and deliverance. What from? Darkness. What to? Another kingdom. Who by? Who does this? Verse 14. In whom? This is done by a person. It's not by me. It's not by you. It's Christ, in whom the kingdom of his own dear son, this king, who is the king of his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of light, he has done the rescuing. That's astonishing. Normally in this world, a king sends his army. But Christ is the army. Christ is the deliverer. He is the light. And he's the one in whom we have deliverance, salvation. Oh, what a glorious truth that the king becomes the savior. The one who is in charge of his kingdom becomes the deliverer. How does he do it? The fifth question. I'm rushing on. How does he do it? In whom we have redemption, another word for being rescued and saved, in whom we have redemption being bought. If you enter one country in this life, you have to demonstrate that you have the riches. If you want to go and live in Bermuda, you have to demonstrate that you've got personal wealth and riches and bank accounts with, I think, more than 250,000 pounds. You can't go and live in that beautiful island where most people are wealthy unless you've qualified, unless you've got the money. Do you know it's the same with heaven? Except the price is beyond our imagination. Every single one of my sins, a price needs to be paid. And the price is so high, I can't pay it. I can't contribute to it. That's what this means. Christ in whom we have redemption. He's paid the price. He's paid the ransom price. He's paid it with his own blood when he died on the cross so that I can be qualified, so that my sin can be taken away. That's the bad part, my sin. But I need to deserve heaven. I need to earn heaven. And I can't. So he does it. And there's no point me even trying to earn heaven because he's done it all. He's paid the price in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness 
of sins. Oh, these are glorious truths. Five questions. What do I need to be thankful for? Deliverance. What from the power of darkness? What to another completely different kingdom? Christ's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. Who by Christ only can do it. How? Redemption. Because Christ had to go to the cross. He had to die having lived a perfect life. He had to bear the punishment of my sin. And then he had to rise again. And he did. There were thousands of witnesses throughout Jerusalem. And there were even more to see him risen from the dead. This is a historical fact. But most people don't understand it. They just see him as a good example. They see him as somebody to follow. They don't see him as the saviour, the deliverer, the one that can take us from the power of darkness into his glorious light, into his kingdom. This is what a hymn says that we sometimes sing. Because the sinless saviour died... My sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Have you been pardoned? Have you been forgiven? Have you been qualified for Christ's eternal kingdom? If you don't know what I'm speaking about today, you need to ask more questions. You need to get on your knees and pray. Do you know I was speaking to somebody just on Friday. She came to this church to a funeral. Her husband is a pastor. He's been a pastor for 40, 50 years. She sat under his ministry all that time. Only in the last two years, on her own profession and confession, could she say to her husband, I understand what you're preaching about. Up until now I've been in darkness. I'm a pastor's wife. And I didn't understand what it means. I love this world. I used to go on holiday to the Caribbean twice a year. I'd spend six months of the year there instead of next to you. She lived in the kingdom of darkness. She thought this world was all that she needed. And she could say to her husband now, I love your Lord who forgiven me, who's redeemed me who's purchased me, who's translated me to the kingdom of darkness. You can be as religious as you like and you're not a member of the kingdom of Christ. Could that be true of somebody today? Paul says, give thanks unto the Father who has qualified us 
to share and partake in the heavenly inheritance of all Christians in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and transplanted us into the kingdom of his own much beloved Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. These are glorious truths. May you know what they mean this morning and may they be true of you so you today can give thanks for salvation, for deliverance, for a sure place in heaven eternally. Let's sing our closing hymn this morning.